I'm already kind of like rosy. So as my skin got like drier and paler, and then if I was like out in the sun, I would burn so much faster. So it was just a lot more of a contrast. But I have the scar from my port. That's something else that there's so many things you could do to like cover up scars. But I love having mine to just be like, it's my badge of honor. I know what I've been through and it wasn't fake. Like there's something left over from it because it does sometimes feel like a completely different lifetime or like a dream or something. So just holding on to a little part of it because it is a part of your life that you went through. Hi, I'm Brianna. I'm a writer and a comedian and I survived Hodgkin's lymphoma. Cancer is not pretty. The side effects can impact not only how you feel, but also how you see yourself. Whether you want help learning how to create eyebrows from scratch, need to know how to treat a radiation burn, or just looking for wig shopping tips, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Feel More Like You podcast, presented by Walgreens, and Pretty Sick, the beauty guide for women with cancer. I'm the book's author and your host, Caitlin Kiernan. In each episode, we'll break down the important information to help you look and feel more like you. In this episode, one of the first things someone said was, oh, your skin's going to look fantastic. And I was like, what a bet, because <laughs> it doesn't. I felt like I was in high school and had acne. At my last treatment, they could not believe that I didn't burn. It makes you feel good. It makes your skin feel soft. I feel like my skin looks really good right now. The views, information, and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Walgreens and its employees. While we care about you and your health, this podcast is meant for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from a qualified healthcare professional. Walgreens does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, products, procedures, or other information that may be referenced. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified healthcare professionals to see what the best treatment is for you. On today's episode, we'll go over what you need to know about how skin changes throughout treatment. Much like your hair, which is powered by rapidly growing cells, your skin can take a direct hit from chemotherapy and radiation. Let's break it down. Please welcome Walgreens pharmacist Emily Schaefer, beauty consultant Laura Catrone, and health editor Emily Ornberg. Hi, ladies. Thanks for joining. Hey. So I want to kind of start by asking this question. I mean, when I was going through treatment, one of the things that I was not expecting was to get cystic acne and hives. You know, I just wasn't expecting it. It was really sort of out of left field because I had had relatively decent skin, didn't have acne as a teenager. And so when I was going through this, it was just like one more thing to deal with. But there are a host of skin issues that vary from person to person. I want to kind of start by asking Emily, from a clinical standpoint, what are some things that people deal with when they are in treatment? Sure, absolutely. So chemotherapy and radiation therapy both can affect our skin, whether that be increased dryness, flaking, redness, color changes with the pigment. Like everything that we've been talking about, it's very individualized. So that dermatologist on your healthcare team is that much more important to see what you're experiencing. 
what you need to do for your skin. It kind of depends on the individual. As far as the community pharmacist, they're a great resource to help you figure out, do we need a different lotion or moisturizer? Are we using a thick enough cream so that it's staying on the skin and really moisturizing? Do we need to treat a rash? Are we treating acne? Because as you mentioned, you had cystic acne. Well, some patients may experience an acneform rash that would be a side effect of chemotherapy presents like acne, but it's not going to be treated the same way. So we want to make sure that you're actually having it diagnosed so that we're treating it correctly because ultimately we want your skin to feel better as opposed to cause more problems. You know, on from a beauty standpoint, that plays into your tools and all those kind of things, right? And like what you're putting on your skin and what you're using, right? Like, Laura, t- talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, skin changes are inevitable almost when it comes to chemo. One thing that you want to make sure is when we speak about acne, a lot of times those acne products can just be way too powerful during treatment. So stick with something more gentle and kind of shy away from those really harsh acne products. I mean, even when your skin is more tolerant to things, it can still be really harsh on the skin. Yeah. And and even adding to that, you know, whether it's the chemical that's really harsh, if you're using like a benzoyl peroxide 10%, that may not be helpful while you're undergoing treatment or something like a physical exfoliant, that's going to be really tough on your skin. Yeah. Keep it simple, keep it gentle, and then really ask your doctor because your doctor is going to know what's going to work best with the medications that you're currently taking. You know, when I was going through it as a cancer patient, I was hearing a lot, you know, you go on survivor boards and Facebook groups and all these kind of things, and there are people that have very definitive opinions about natural and organic and clean. You know, we talk about this a lot. There are no FDA standards. There are for organics in food, but not in skincare. And, you know, poison ivy is a natural plant, but you don't go rubbing that all over your body. So I think that that's really interesting because there are so many people that overcorrect. We are diagnosed and then we immediately are like, well, we want to make it right. We want to be healthy. So we pivot in the other direction and do all organic or we put this burden on ourselves. And I think like, listen, if that's the way you want to go, do it. But just make sure you're choosing the things that are best for your skin, you know. And and keeping in mind to your point about, you know, there's no specific regulation for what means organic, natural, clean. Often if it's natural or organic, those products don't have the preservatives in them that are making sure that bacteria and other germs are not getting in. So the risk of infection in those products increases. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure to throw those away more often and get new products because there's no preservatives in there maintaining their freshness. As far as clean products, there's definitely no regulation in terms of what constitutes a clean product. So various manufacturers may say we're clean because we use sustainable materials to hold our makeup or we're using sustainable materials to make our makeup, or is it an environmental concern? There's just no standard. And so right now, anything could be marketed. How they come to that term of clean, it it could be a million different things. Sure, sure. So it, you know, it's like, it's all, it sort of all varies. And you have to be talking with your doctors about that. But um, I think one of the things that you talk about that you're really attuned to, Laura, is keeping your tools 
clean. So but yeah. talk to us about that. So I'm just very, very on top of the hygiene aspect when it comes to my brushes. So what you want to do is clean it with a disinfecting brush cleaner. Okay. okay? So there's, and there's several, a ton on the market. Yeah, there's right? a ton on the market. But make sure that you clean them every day with that. Best way to clean them is to take like a towel or a face cloth or something. Uh, yeah. Just any type of cloth. Spray the product onto the towel and then rub your brush so onto saturate it. saturate that towel. Yes. And then use that as like the kind of windshield wipering it back and forth and Absolutely. rubbing it, getting all those hairs open. Yes. At any given time, you want to at least deep clean your brushes every two weeks. I would personally recommend, depending on how much you use them, at least once a week during like active treatments and maybe like once every two weeks afterwards. And by deep clean, I mean give them a bath. That's to no. your brushes? You want to yes. give your brushes a bath? Yeah, give yeah. those girls a bath. Yeah. You know, and when I say give them a bath, it's um, like deep cleaning with a like dish soap. It has like that degreaser in it. So if you're using a thicker foundation, it can get it out easier. Or even just gentle baby shampoo. Shampoo. Okay. Yeah. Put a little bit of the soap in your hand. Rub that brush into your hand. You'll see all of that makeup coming up. And then you're like, ooh, gross. And then you're going to rinse it till the water runs clear. That's when you know the brush is completely clean. But you want to squeeze all that water out because you don't want to leave too much water in it. You don't want to grow mold and bacteria overnight, right? And then I like to have it where it's tilted down a little bit just so that water can kind of drip out. And also, I feel like, have you used any of those, like, you know, those makeup brush pads? Do those work well? Oh, the ones with the ridges? Yeah. Yes. So Because that's thing, an easy way to, like, clean your brush, right? Yes. And one thing that's really great about that is water can do a lot of damage to your hands. You know, having your hand in water for a long period of time trying to wash them can dry your hands out and stuff. So they actually make them where it's not only on your hand, where you can suction cup them to the bottom of your sink. So it doesn't move around when you're trying to clean the brush. So instead of using your hand, you can use one of those mats. But they also make like mitts now. So you can put the mitt on with all the ridges. Oh, that's genius. And, yes. And the plastic that they're made out of looks like this um, like silicone mat. It doesn't hold bacteria either. I need one of those. Yeah. No, they're fantastic. And they have several different ridge types and stuff. So just depending on what it makes brush it really you use. easy. Oh, yeah. The point is, is there's a lot of ways to clean your brushes, so clean your Just brushes. Just clean them. That's all I need. <laughs> Amazing. Emily Ornberg, when you talk to survivors, what did you, what feedback did you get from them about the skin concerns and issues that they were having? A lot of it was dry skin and the color change issue. I think for the beauty novice, color correction, throwing some green foundation on your skin seems totally bizarre and, and scary because it's like... It just seems counterintuitive. If you want to cover something up, putting greens and yellows over it, it's it's confusing. But being able to be patient with yourself with any type of makeup or or new skin regimens, they they were able to they've told me that they've been able to kind of find new regimens that make them kind of feel like them their old self when they look in the mirror and like I'm able to kind of face the world as I used to before. Yeah. What I think is interesting if we're talking about silver linings is like there's a lot that's out of your control when you're going through cancer, but your skin changes from whether it's the clinical side of it or the makeup side of it, there are things you can do. There are medications, there's makeup that can help. So I think that's all like great information. Let's just give a, a quick tip from each of our, you know, specialties on a takeaway for our listeners. Laura, let's start with you. You know what? I have two. 
Oh, awesome. Okay, I'm going to hit you with two. Yeah, girl. Okay, so first, patch test. Patch test some products on the back of the hand, maybe on the back of, like, the jawline, if you want to get a little bit closer to the face. But... Don't go all in at first, especially because you don't know your sensitivity level yet. And then also, I know we're talking about skin, but the hygiene aspect needs to be really, really important. So especially with sponges, sponges can harbor bacteria, but some people really love sponges. That's fine. Just instead of using your beauty sponge, do one of the disposable daily sponges where you can just throw it in the trash. Then you don't even have to worry about cleaning it. Because a lot of those sponges, if you don't clean them properly, you know, the the makeup is getting inside. There's a lot that can get trapped in there. Okay. That's a great tip. Great tips. Tips. (laughs) Emily Schaefer, what do you got for us? Yeah, I think the key takeaway here is to know that your skin is always changing. And so maybe your products need to change as well. So kind of mentioned a little bit ago about, say, an exfoliant. We want to go with something that's very soft and gentle if you're exfoliating at all. So depending on how dry your skin is or how much your skin has been affected by your treatment, perhaps even skipping the exfoliator. Something like a toner, we want to switch to something that's going to be alcohol-free so that that's not drying, more drying to your skin. You know, anything like oil-free is going to be helpful for some people, but maybe it's something that while you're undergoing treatment, you know, you want something a little bit thicker as a moisturizer, even something that when you're not undergoing treatment, can feel greasy. Maybe while you're undergoing treatment, it doesn't have that same effect on your skin. So just being aware that when your skin changes, your products should change. And this is an opportunity to see if there's more out there that you that you really Try like and that fun. works. Do Absolutely. a splurge. Yeah. Go, go treat yourself. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> These are all really great tips. All right, let's get into the episode. Now let's hear from our Survivor Sisters. How did your skin change during treatment? Hi, I'm Karen. I am a feminist, lesbian, actor, teacher. I'm a BRCA1 positive woman. Your body's covered in these steri strips, like after surgery, and they reacted with my skin quite a bit. So they caused like a lot of itching and dry skin and rash. So it's just like, Working with my pharmacist to find products that would just help soothe a lot of that, like really irritated skin. So I just, I feel like doing research and finding products that work for you and moisturizing your skin is really important when you're going through all this and just something that makes even comfort. Like I feel like even the aromatherapy, that's an emotional boost and it just makes you feel good. It makes your skin feel soft. Using oil on my skin was a world of difference. I feel like my skin looks really good right now. Hi, my name is Christine. I'm a high school science teacher. I have ovarian cancer, and cancer picked the wrong woman to mess with. Like seven to 10 days after chemo, my skin would get really dry. I would break out. I felt like I was in high school and had acne. It was like embarrassing to be a grown woman and have like really horrible skin. But then after that, I mean, my skin would clear up and it was like the seven to 10 days. It was like clockwork. I mean, my skin would get really bad and then it would clear up and I'd be okay. And just in time for another round of chemo. (laughs) It was winter, like really cold out for most of my treatments. So I kind of loaded up on healthy oils and lotions and stuff that just felt good anyway. Hi, I'm Melissa. I am a filmmaker living in Chicago and I have metastatic breast cancer. 
So there are support groups as well for people on these chemotherapies, right? So I'm on something called Doxel. There's a group on Facebook for Doxel. You're on iBrands. There's a group on Facebook for iBrands. You name it, there's a group for it. And one of the first things someone said was, oh, your skin's going to look fantastic. And I was like, want to bet? Because <laughs> it doesn't. It looks terrible. Like, it was very dry, very flaky. I broke out almost immediately when I got, like, my new infusion. But I had a moisturizer that was, like, it's perfect. I think it's called Silk. And it's actually rather thick, but as heavy and kind of gross as it feels, it goes on so thick, but it is incredible as far as like what it's done for my skin. Hi, I'm Emily and I'm a math teacher, a mother, a wife, and I have breast cancer. My skin's different. I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of bumpy. I think that's from the chemo. It's not necessarily dry, but I made it a habit to apply lotion daily, if not twice daily, all over. Hi, I'm Ashley, an actress, a mother to a one and a half year old and a thyroid cancer survivor. Especially after the radiation, it messed with your whole body. Like my face, everything just kind of went crazy out of whack. I had acne really bad, which I hadn't really had before all over. I went to see a dermatologist for the first time. I had never gone to one before. And she ended up putting me on a face cream and there was a pill I had to take. Luckily, from seeing that dermatologist after time, it, it did help. So somebody who was going through the, the skin issues from radiation, I would just say to see a dermatologist because they could definitely change it. You know, mine was terrible. And within a matter of a couple months, it turned all around. Hi, I'm Brianna. I'm a writer and a comedian, and I survived Hodgkin's lymphoma. My skin got very dry. It's like there's just so much more skin care that you have to think about. I definitely did some face masks, and then I would sometimes do like oatmeal baths for like my arms and legs when they were getting really dry, soothing it and moistening it up again. And I was going through treatments like basically through the summer. I wore a lot of headscarves. That was like my head protection, and I did put sunscreen on my head thick, thick layers of it. I specifically remember going to Pitchfork and I was like, it's too hot to wear the scarf and I just need to like sunscreen my head to death. And I started using like BB cream to like even out my skin and also like have the added protection, which is something I still use every day now. Hi, my name is Susan Perkins. I am a mother. I am a daughter. I am a sister and I am a cancer survivor. Okay, so my skin changed a lot. <laughs> And I have to laugh because I say, put a dimmer switch in your bathroom. So the more your skin changes, you could go dimmer and dimmer and you really don't see, you know, how your skin's changing. The one thing that was really important is something that happens with your skin is um, when you get radiated, the radiation, you're being radiated. So anything that can cause a sheen on your body will intensify the radiation. And they told me, you are going to burn. So I knew I had no lotion on, but I would go in the bathroom and I would wash my skin once again, pat it dry. I would go in to get radiated. And as soon as I came out, I would get just the inexpensive aloe vera gel. And I would keep that gel with me at all times. I would just lather it on. And then probably every time I thought about it, it was probably like six or seven times a day. I would just keep putting more aloe vera on, more aloe vera on. 
And at my last treatment, they could not believe that I didn't burn because a lot of women have horrible scarring from it. I didn't burn at all. They were shocked. In, in showering, just be mindful of keeping everything as clean as you possibly can, making sure that your countertops are extremely clean. It's everything to prevent you getting any kind of infection. Hi, I'm Jean, and I'm an eight-year acute myeloid leukemia survivor. My skin became extremely sensitive. Certain fabrics, from towels to robes to sweaters, just touching them would hurt my skin. Showers were daunting to me because I, I had lost all of my hair, and the the water just touching my skin, or I would say it would hit my skin, and it, it was very very sensitive. And I prefer to take baths because then I can control getting into the water, the movement of the water. It wasn't, it wasn't as scary for me being in the tub versus the shower. Just that water hitting me anywhere just made me cringe. I still, you know, use the lotions and the oils and it just, it just helps with that overall. Hi, my name is Stephanie. I'm a world traveler. I'm a creative and I just happen to be a breast cancer survivor. My skin didn't change, but then I'll laugh sometime and call myself the queen of moisturizer because I've got every moisturizing for moisture, moisture, moisture. But I do have a scar and it keloided and it darkened and it changed colors and whatnot. But that's part of the process. In my opinion, it really was a small price to pay. You know, I mean, from my mouth to God's ear, mammy, never have to do it again. But I would. I would. Because, you know... I have a wonderful life. I, not a day goes by that I don't say thank you. Hey, it's Laura, here to talk you through some skincare tips that can really help you during treatment. You know, a question I always get asked is, why skincare? What if I've never used skincare before? Why do I need to do it now? One thing I love about skincare is that's, that's what I can do that, that I have control over. And a lot of times during times like this, it's not about, you know, going to the doctor. It's not about other people telling you what you need to do. It's about like you having that one thing that you're in control over and that's your skin and that's how you want to look. I've worked with a lot of different women, whether it be a caretaker or someone who is going through cancer. That's always the first thing that I tell them to do, you know, take back that routine. Take back something that someone else isn't making you do. Things as simple as skincare can just be a stepping stone. Ah, a nice shower always feels so good. And you'd think it'd be especially helpful for hydrating your skin, right? Even though drinking water helps keep us hydrated, water on our skin does the exact opposite. It zaps it from moisture. Here are three ways to help refresh your rinsing routine during treatment to keep your skin from losing its moisture. Number one, make a playlist of songs that'll cap out at 10 minutes or less. When the last song's almost over, it's time to shake off your suds. Number two, aside from the occasional oatmeal treatment, avoid taking a bath. Sitting in stagnant water with dirt, oil, and germs floating around can cause even the tiniest cut to get infected. Number three, avoid scratchy towels. Traditional terry cloth might be too exfoliating for your sensitive skin. Treat yourself to a new soft and fluffy set. Hello, it's pharmacist Emily here to talk to you about your skin. Chemotherapy can affect your skin's natural moisture because it reduces the amount of oil that your glands secrete. This can lead to flaking 
or cracked skin that bleeds. Radiation can also lead to dryness, rash, or burning. So what type of skincare products can help restore moisture? Not all products are the same. Most moisturizers contain ingredients that draw water into the skin, called humectants, such as glycerin, lactic acid, or urea, and others that smooth the skin, called emollients, such as lanolin, sunflower oil, and jojoba oil. During treatment, it's best to keep to simple, gentle moisturizers and cleansers. Exfoliants can help allow for cell turnover in the skin, but avoid exfoliating scrubs at this time, as they may be too harsh. Even a soft watch cloth can be helpful, but do not use it on irritated or broken skin or on an area where you are receiving radiation treatment. Finally, avoid soaps with heavy deodorants or scents as your skin may change and become very sensitive during treatment. Baby soaps may be a good choice because they're usually mild and perfume free. So here's how to find products that will work for you. First, ask your oncologist to make a custom list of skincare products or ingredients. Based on your specific type of cancer, your treatment, and your body, certain products could cause adverse reactions when used on your skin, while others could become your new staples. Your oncologist can help identify which ingredients to avoid and which ones to try. Bring that list from your doctor to your pharmacy. Your pharmacist can help identify the skincare products that will be safe for you based on your oncologist's recommendations and help with your specific skin issues or side effects. Once you've found the products you want to try, work with a beauty consultant to learn about tips and tricks for using these products correctly, such as how and when to apply. Hey, it's Laura. Sometimes introducing that routine can really help, even if it's not 10 different steps to your skincare routine, right? I love having 10 different steps because that's my time, my personal time. But even if it's just washing your face and just a little bit moisturizer, just to give your skin back just a little bit of that radiance. All right, let's start off with your gentle cleanser. Always, always, always wash your hands and make sure everything is sanitary before touching your face. Always circular motions, never scrubbing really hard, especially around the eye area because that skin is just so gentle. When you apply, I wouldn't suggest using any of those really harsh cloths at this point. Keeping it with your hands is probably going to be the, your best bet. Never forget your eye cream. I can't imagine what this must feel like and how tiring this must be. A trick that I absolutely love about eye cream. So if you have puffiness, if you're tired, anything, you can actually put your eye cream in your refrigerator because that really cooling effect to that eye cream will really, really help with any puffiness under the eye. Use your ring finger when you apply and always pat, never rub because the skin around your eye is the thinnest skin on your body. So you want to really make sure that you're just doing light tapping motions with that ring finger because it has the least amount of pressure. And then your moisturizer. So keep it gentle. Your face is just so vulnerable to the elements right now. So we really want to make sure that we're finding things that really help with that microbiome in your skin. You want to lock in your natural moisture. There are several really amazing options when it comes to your moisturizer. You can definitely find one with or without SPF. Sunscreen needs to be something that is part of your daily routine. You cannot forget about sunscreen. 
So as you're putting on your moisturizer, you grab your sunscreen and apply it. And you know, a lot of people get really confused about sunscreen because you go outside and you're like, oh, I'm outside, I'm going to the beach, I'm gonna wear sunscreen. But a lot of people forget that, you know, if you have a really bright window next to your office, you're getting that exposure. If you're driving in a car, you're getting exposure. Those things also will affect your skin. So sunscreen is important, especially your head. If you're going through treatments and you've lost your hair, that's not a place that we normally have um, put sunscreen before. So we definitely need to make sure that we take care of it. And sunscreens are really great now. You know, you have your traditional sunscreens and your mineral sunscreens. And we have foams, we have sprays. But the main thing that you want to make sure with your sunscreen is that you have a minimum of SPF 30. And then oils are so popular right now and you can use them for several different things. And oils are pretty cool because they don't actually have that oily feel to it on the surface. So where your moisturizer might stick around a little bit longer, oils can actually absorb rather quickly into the skin. And I can tell you right now, if I want that beautiful glow to my skin, I always reach for my oil. They even have oils that are made for nighttime. So if you're needing a little bit more from your skincare, you can add an oil onto the skin before putting your moisture on and it'll actually help your moisturizer lock in. And I mean, don't forget, you can also use them on the lips, on your cuticles, elbows. So it's not just something that sticks just for the face. And then guys, never forget when you're doing all of these things, don't forget about your neck and your decollete. We wanna take care of our neck and our chest. Anytime I'm doing any type of skincare, it always goes face, neck. I always go up as I'm applying it to the neck, chest, and I like to do it on the back of my hands. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and subscribe and tune in next time to hear. I'm a person and these things are happening to me that are literally changing the rest of my life. No one talks about fertility so much. It is so normal. It is so frustratingly normal. You know, really, sexuality and intimacy is an important part of everyday living. It's not just, you know, sexual intercourse. Having the baby was amazing and the best thing in the world. Special thanks to the survivors for sharing their stories. This Walgreens podcast was clinically reviewed by Emily Schaefer. It was written, reported, and produced by me, Emily Ornberg, with Taylor Banasik, Laura Loxmundy, and Stephen Clark. It was co-produced by Caitlin Kiernan, author of Pretty Sick, The Beauty Guide for Women with Cancer. Follow her on social media at Kate Kiernan. Recording and mixing by Matthew Lejeune with Connor Boyle at Chicago Recording Company. For more oncology side effect help, visit walgreens.com forward slash feel more like you to find oncology trained pharmacists and beauty consultants in your area.